Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness. The show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hello, everyone. This is Eden and Kim with Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. Thanks for listening in. We're happy to have you. We have a great guest today, Kim. Excited? <laughs> We're, are you excited to talk to someone who worked with you, one of your favorites? Yes. Yes. <laughs> really. Um, I, we, we get a lot of people requesting anyone who worked with Prince that worked closely with him. And so we're really excited, but she's also worked with so many other people. So you can yeah. announce her. Yeah. So her name is Jaina Anderson and she's a professional singer who has toured with Fleetwood Mac, Don Henley, uh, and he's, she's recorded with Prince and many more. So we can't wait to have her tell us a lot more about it. Yeah. Lots, of, lots of people, <laughs> lots of stories. Welcome Jaina. Hi guys. And tell us Talk. where you're you tell us where you're coming from. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And yes. is it all right for you to tell what's happening right now down the street? Yeah. Yes, the George Floyd funeral is happening up the street about 10 minutes from me. Hmm. Yeah. Is that if you, if you weren't with us today, is that something you would have wanted to attend? I would, but I read on the TV that it was invite only. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, but oddly enough, the bass player in uh, two or three of the bands that I'm in is playing bass at the ceremony right now. Oh, wow. And he was oh. a Yeah, this has been, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but this has been something just very revolutionary and, and tragic and life-changing and positive all mixed together. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But uh, I love Minnesota. Um, I, I've been to Paisley Park a few times and I love Dakota Jazz Club and I just love the vibe and feel of Minnesota. It's such a music city and the people are so friendly. Um, mm -hmm. So and I've even done I, I've done a keynote speaking gig over there at the near the Mall of America. And so, um, so yeah, it's really cool that you're, you're coming to us from Minnesota, Minneapolis. Well, you're mentioning a lot of places that are very close to my heart. I released my jazz CD at the Dakota. Ah. And so uh, a lot of people don't even know about that because I've never put it on iTunes or CD Baby or anything. And I think I just have 50 left, so I, I haven't even been selling them. Oh, wow. Oh, but it's a jazz standard CD. And so the Dakota, and I also did a live Christmas CD for the Dakota with some other artists in town. And wow. Um, I have to tell a quick story of the Dakota. So right wait, you guys, wait, is the Dakota a place? <laughs> yeah, the Dakota Jazz Club. Okay. And that is one of the places Prince loved to frequent. It just has so much charm and character. And so when... Pretty quickly, pretty close after he passed, I went to the tribute at the um, the Revolution's tribute um, at um, where am I thinking? Where Purple Rain was? Purple Rain's. It was filmed. Huh? 
First Avenue? Yes, First Avenue. And mm-hmm. so that trip, we went to Dakota Jazz Club and we, my husband and I arrived before it opened and they just happened to let us in. And the guy goes, oh, do you want to see Prince's booth? And he took, took us up and he had us sit at Prince's booth and we took pictures. Nice. And so then fast forward a couple of years later, we went again and we, we go, oh, can we go see Prince's booth? Oh, no, nobody, nobody's allowed to go see that. And we said, well, we did before. And they go, no, no, that's not possible. Nobody's allowed to see that. So we, we have a picture in Prince's booth at Dakota Jazz Club. So that was pretty cool. You have and proof. You never forget stuff like that because he was so powerful and so influential, both musically and every, really every artistic genre and category, writing, singing, dancing, producing, and I'm one of the people, I haven't read this a lot, but I found him to be the best engineer also, because he would oftentimes be the engineer in Paisley Park when he would have me sing. Right. So he running the buttons when rewind and, and record and so forth. So, um, yeah, so he, when you are in his presence or if you've been in a space that he's been in, like you're feeling, you probably, you just, it's very special. You never forget it. And you just go... There was something about him that was so powerful that it will last forever. I'm just mm. glad we're in a generation to experience it live. Right, right. Well, can you, since we're talking about him, can you tell us more about how he found you and what you did with him over the years? Sure. I was on a television show called Twin Cities Live in the 90s. There's a new version of it now, but the the one in the in the 90s had a, I was in a band that was very popular and Prince used to frequent this place called Rupert's nightclub. And I was Rupert's orchestra and it would, they were just the best of the best. It's gone on now to be called synergy, but the Rupert's orchestra always did the biggest shows. So they were asked to be on twin cities live. And he apparently watched this daytime morning show, you know, <laughs> and Tommy singing a Jody Watley song. Yeah. I, I was seeing, and I didn't think like someone might, he would be watching or anything, but I, I have a videotape of it and I was ve- wearing a very Prince-like outfit, you know, but a short, tight skirt, kind of an Indian fabric and a crop top and those, those Prince boots, the little anklet, ankle boots uh-huh. that be wearing yeah. And it had gold buttons down the side. And and then I did a little dance in the middle of it. That would be something like he would have his dancers and him do together or something like that. So he saw me on that, I was told. He never told me himself. He just, we just started, once I saw him, it was music. But then uh, not long after that, and then I had only been in the band uh, like a month or two months maybe. Oh, wow. First saw me. And then we did the uh, Minnesota Music Awards. And then I was heard he was at those, of course. He saw me there. And then he started showing up at Rupert's Nightclub and sitting behind the sound man. And he had a special space right back tucked in the corner. Uh-huh. And he would watch me and then he would have his um, security guard come down to the side of the stage and say, Prince would like you to come to Paisley Park tonight and sing. I, I what did you just tell me? You know, <laughs> I was 21, you know? Yeah. I was just getting found out about at all in town. 
you know, so. Oh so, my gosh. Tell, That's so cool. You would come so up there, what happened? Sorry, what did you say? So from there, you, you did, you go to Paisley Park and sing? Yeah, he would have me do different projects with different artists. I started during the Batman era. So he would have the studio. It was, I don't know if it always was. I can tell you some of the things when I showed up to Paisley Park, it was always the middle of the night. So it'd have to be 1.30 to maybe 8 in the morning. Oh, my God. Rupert's Orchestra played five, six nights a week, five hours a night. So I would sing with them from 7.30 to 12.30. And then I would drive 50 minutes to Paisley Park and start singing for him. And I would be telling him, I can't do this. And, or I have another engagement, or I have to get up early to sing a commercial for Valley Fair or Pepsi or something like that with this, uh, Terry Issa, this jingle producer. Uh-huh. That's sick of me saying no, because I'm, <laughs> even if you're Prince, I was taught, I'm a pastor's daughter and I was taught to honor people and keep my commitments. And so I thought, well, surely he can wait, you know, till I finish this. Well, then he decided to put me on retainer, so I couldn't say no to him. So he would pay me weekly, <laughs> never say no. So then wow. it it went on for maybe, you know, on and off for five years, sometimes wow. in between. But yeah, so I sang uh, on the Graffiti Bridge soundtrack. Yeah, I saw that you sang on that, the song Shake, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I know I love, love all his music, so. That's cool, you know. I remember, I was by Lake Calhoun, if you remember Lake Calhoun. When uh-huh. I heard it on the radio and I couldn't believe I could, you know. And Prince, uh, there are a lot of things that I have that nobody knows I have. I have some vault in my possession. Uh-oh, uh-huh. don't say that out loud. <laughs> um we we know a lot of people who are connected to the the estate believe it as a mystery of what that is (laughs) be careful well Um, what was he like like what did what what did you feel he was like he was soft spoken he was a gentleman he smelled great always (laughs) he was always dressed well even if it was denim it was uh, pinstripe denim with matching heeled boots. So it was a, you know, even if yeah. it was overalls, it was a beautiful blouse with overalls that fit him perfectly and boots. And he always, that's what I was going to tell you, is he always dressed the studio with scarves that kind of came into a V, like all the way around the perimeter of the studio. And there would be lava lamps. And oftentimes... I don't know if everyone else is always late or if, again, I'm just always 10 minutes early is late to my family. So I would sometimes probably the coolest thing about the whole experience is I would get there and sometimes have to wait an hour and a half or two for certain people to show up. Hmm. And I would sit in front of the console and there is a couch there. And I would just look through the glass and get private concerts because he would just. Wow to instrument all by himself and just play mm-hmm. the piano and then the guitar and I'm just by myself going 
<laughs> Why can't anybody see this is happening? Yeah. Were you allowed to take pictures, take photos of this experience at all? Do you know, I felt like I knew well enough to not even ask because okay. enough to not be asked back. And I think that is one of the reasons celebrities didn't hire me once, but kept hiring me because I never asked them to help my career, even though I've always had a solo career. I've yeah. had record deals in the middle of touring with, um, you know, legends and so forth. But I don't say, oh, can I talk to your manager? Oh, can I take, you know, these photos with you? Not until cell phones came along. And I think that I'll just say I feel like they were somewhat desensitized because it's gotten so out of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, full on videos at concerts. Now you can't take people's nine one one or their babysitters out of their hands. So I think that once they became desensitized, I have another treasure trove of Fleetwood Mac stuff. <laughs> but nice. Prince was kind and trusting of me. That's one thing he always trusted me. In fact, um, I'm the voice on. Do you remember the Party Man video during the Batman era? Yeah, that's the one Jack Nicholson, like, yeah. And so he's on the top of the stairs. I'm the voice that says, he recorded me himself that says, Party Man. Oh, how cool. (laughs) I'm going to have to go watch that. (laughs) It's in the movie and on the soundtrack. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There's a video, though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At us, I think Ingrid was there too, and maybe Margaret Cox. He called her Margie, a great singer in town. And um, maybe Michael Bland. We were all invited to go upstairs to his apartment and watch the debut of Party Man once it was finished. Wow. What privilege. Yeah. Well, it gets better. Okay. (laughs) Tell us more. You want to ask me anything? I could just sit and. <laughs> <laughs> your your relationship was was uh, monogamous, right? You you did not have a romantic relationship with him. In fact, I'm proud to say that not one of the legends I've ever worked with has ever hit on me, or tried to be sneaky about it. Sent me cards or flowers or had anything on the download that was. He was just simply. Um, interested in my voice so much so he used my voice and then there's a video where he replaced me with models that um like black models and um tc ellis is the name of this rap artist and i sang on his track a song called miss thang t-h-a-n there's a a video of that and so when I, when I, I saw the video, I thought, well, they're lip syncing some of the stuff I sang. And I thought, I guess he doesn't really care for how I look, but if he likes my voice, that kind of feels better for my heart and soul anyway. Wow. Yeah. And I don't think it was, he didn't like the way you look. You just needed to be a certain type. He did like lighter, you know, lighter, dark skin, you know, the lighter, you know, tanner, black, lighter black. It's usually what I've seen with you, yeah. but yeah. I, you know, I, it would have been nice to sung my own thing, but you know, I never got mad. I was paid and it was fun. Right. Yeah. Wow. What a cool experience. Yeah. Wow. 
You're so sweet. I know. <laughs> yeah. You're not, I mean, you've been in the business for a very long time and you don't seem like you're jaded or, you know, live living in the ego at all. No, uh, I, well, how do I look at it? Well, I'm Christian. So mm-hmm. although I'm not above saying I, I'm not above saying I don't have bitterness or that I'm jaded or anything like that. I can be funny and jaded or bitter and funny. And, you know, I can, I, I'm a realist and I was really innocent when I started in the business, but the reason I'm not angry with everything that I've been through, which we probably won't get to any of those stories today because we don't need to spread any negativity at this particular, you know, the whole me too thing, that sort of thing. Uh Right. The reason you see a peaceful, happy person, I believe is because of my Christian faith and because it's my duty to spread love. My parents lost a baby the year before they got pregnant with me. She was one day old by, from Dr. Error, she died. And so mm-hmm. I kind of was a surprise. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I came along to spread love. Mm-hmm. And that and Stevie used to she used to introduce me as her little ball of love on at the arenas and stuff. Yeah. Because I said that's just I just want people to feel loved. And I remember feeling that when I was in kindergarten, whoever wasn't liked, I wanted to always make a point to say hi to them. And I just feel good when I make people feel good. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you, I'm going to go a little deep for a second. And do you give that love back to yourself? For sure. Good. Okay. Yeah. No, and I think a lot of people need to hear that right now. Like you just inspired a lot of people by saying that because we all need to be reminded of that, especially right now. Well, the catchphrase is basically self-care at this point. And I think I didn't have a phrase for it, but I always did it. I'm big into and I'm huge into, I'm a wellness advocate for essential oils for doTERRA. Mm -hmm. And I, um, you know, I just feel like if we don't take, you know, the oxygen mask thing has sort of been overused, but I just kind of felt like I got that at a young age. I go, well, I don't feel good. And I can tell that when I don't feel good, the people who love, even when I was young, like they're going to feel bad. So I would say, can I, can we talk about this, get through it? Asking questions is always the best way, in my opinion, to get through anything because then people don't get on the defensive. Mm-hmm. Find a compromise, a solution. I'm very, very solution oriented. I'm a goal focused. How do I want to feel at the end of this kind of a person? And mm-hmm. so that's what, you know, what I've always done. And so if I don't feel like my cup is full, I know I'm not going to be good for others. Good for you. Yeah, that's awesome. You seem to have a good balance. That's what it is, is balance. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's eleven. I would know because very spiritual, spiritually oriented people who met in your own way, very young. Then I assume you met later and just you go, we still have that thing. We just didn't know how to define it when when we were young, but we just knew there was probably always something. And then you said, we're going to take this energy, create a podcast and create <laughs> You know, the, funny, the funny part is in high school, we were just acquaintances and we would, we would have never guessed this would happen. 
No. So it was, it was a divine thing for sure. That's beautiful. Yeah. So can you tell us more about what, what other rock stars you toured with and what that was like? And also I'm curious, like, did you feel, I remember interviewing Terry Nunn from Berlin and she said some great advice that she said that when she was playing really big, big arenas, she was so ready always for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And now that she's older, she's taking it all in and going, wow, each moment to moment to moment. And so I'm just curious, like how you view all of that. That's a perfect question for me because it's something I mention often. And I have, especially during the Fleetwood Mac days, one of the best parts of not being a rich legend <laughs> and not having hit songs. This was kind of funny to say, because who wouldn't want a hit song, of course. But <laughs> they have to work on our off days. And I decided my whole seven years with Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks, they would go solo tour and then Fleetwood Mac and go back and forth. I decided to treat the days off like a vacation and I was seeing the world and I knew this could never come again. It may not. And so I just went at it with this ambition and excitement and fury of joy where the concierge is like, we can't find any more places for you to go. <laughs> so, London, I did everything. Sydney, Australia, I did everything. And I knew in the moment, which is photography is big for me. And people think, well, you're not in the moment if you're taking pictures. I go, not only in, am I in the moment, I am taking the best picture of the moment or video of the moment to relive because my brain is full of 2000 songs and I'm not going to remember all of this. Mm. So I, and then, and now that I'm doing tribute shows like River, the tribute to Carol King, Carly Simon and Joni Mitchell. And then another one that's an eighties tribute, almost paradise, um, 1984 prom night is what mm -hmm. we wear costumes, big hair. I love it. Wear yeah. um, dress with ruffles. So we're doing these funny things. It's, it's a comedy, but it's great music, but it's comedy. Before we go on stage, the producer, who's also one of the singers, I literally whisper in her ear when, when someone else is singing a song waiting to go, I go, hold on to this moment, Deb, hold on to this. this is the best time of our life right now. We're going out on stage to make people laugh hysterically to where they're like, crying mm -hmm. I have a French coat with like a 1985 video camera on my shoulder for you know for props and stuff yeah it's gonna they're just gonna die laughing and and with River I go okay now we're gonna go on and sing this Joni Mitchell song I just said don't she's like I know I know I'm so aware of it yeah that's, that's, that's such a great reminder like to yeah. do that like hold on to this moment I love that yeah and Find your friends too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Did like we think? Right. I didn't always think like I think, and I wish some people had told me when I was younger. You know, right here. Remember this. This is really special. Right. Be present in that in that very moment. Right. Because you're never going to get it back. Wow. Well, I have a question um, about the '80s band. <laughs> Yeah. Do you tour 
around the United States or is it just in Minnesota? Because I went to a prom night one night a couple years ago and there was a band and it was great. But that was here in L.A. Oh, well, we would like to tour, but we just have done the theaters here. The theater that we love so much. Mm -hmm. It has to be a large enough stage with a backstage because I think I change at least 15 times. Wow. So I have just a minute and a half or two, three minutes in between to get on my cheerleading costume for Mickey or, Uh, you know, um, my uh, pink uh, neon leopard dress with the leg warmers and, you know, the rainbow belts and all of that. So, so it has to be uh, a theater and there has to be enough money. We'll go anywhere. And for all of these, there are Facebook pages for all of it. If people go, well, shoot, we want that. You could see the pictures. You could go there after this interview and go, Oh my yeah. God, I can't believe they oh my did. Gosh. What is I'm it? On- look. What's that? You put on Facebook. What is the page? Well, the river page is just river. The music of Carol King, Joni Mitchell and Carly Simon. And the other one is Almost Paradise 1984 Prom Night. That's the whole title. Oh, my gosh. I That's love so it. fun. <laughs> I want to go. Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll have to go to Minneapolis. Yeah, I'm due. I'm due. I have really close friends there, too. So we're due to go. <laughs> it's a really great girl, like a group girl. Oh, and we also tell people to dress up if they want into 80s clothes. And that's really funny. That is so fun. Yeah, that's what I did when we went with our friends. It was prom night and 80s prom for us. So we dressed like, I didn't wear like a prom dress, but we did definitely, we got dressed in 80s and that was so fun. Yeah. It it was really the most fun era, I think. I think so too. The only decade that wasn't taken so seriously, because even the cool clothes that we still love from the 60s, like the hippie clothes, we still dress like that. You know, you can go and find all that stuff and wear it today and it's right but the 80s it was just like we're going we're well 84 going. i feel like 84 was the best year of music i know we it started was. with 1999 yeah with just oh it's so amazing yeah. um do you do you feel like you always were so confident or did you have to develop that Poof. um <laughs> let's think over this Well, I would say I've always been confident because my parents are confident and I feel like the one thing that's always been stable, like I'll be sad and I'll be happy and things like that. But the one thing that's always remained consistent is the intent of my heart. And I think because I know I don't have evil intentions or to use anybody or steal or cheat or do anything like that, that that's where my true confidence comes from. Mm -hmm. But, but like on a a day-to-day basis, I don't feel confident. Like I feel underconfident about different categories, you know, all the time, but I don't let that define me. I just like to own my junk (laughs) and then, and then, realize the stuff that isn't junk and accentuate that and then use the stuff that makes me feel insecure as I feel that way too, you know, to my students or something like that. So don't worry just because I'm professional doesn't mean I think that I'm 
one of the best singers ever or, you know, I have to practice too, just because I've been singing for all these years. I still have to sing in my microphone an hour and a half, two hours every few days to keep keep my uh, range going. And mm -hmm. I just had vocal surgery out of carbon monoxide poisoning where I coughed a polyp into my vocal cord. Oh, so I'm I'm extra joyful because the surgeon got it and I'm not damaged anymore. Oh my and god! Oh, well, the miracle recovery. So how yeah. long is the recovery for that? You're not allowed to even like clear your throat for five days, and then you can't talk for a couple weeks. Oh, wow! And then. Um, then you have to go back and be scoped. You know when they do all this COVID-19 where they swab your nose? Mm -hmm. I've had cameras uh. down my nose and my throat like seven times, and it's about $700 every time you do it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And then they stay down there, so they freeze you up. So that's just a sidebar. You don't—I don't know if this wants to be in the interview or not. But <laughs> show how strong you are. You know, like we all go through crazy stuff, and it makes you stronger and appreciate life more. I think that's more has given me more joy. I appreciate now. I don't complain about my singing as much, or how I need to be better as much, because I said if the surgeon makes me healthy enough to sing and not have that buzz in my throat anymore. I am just going to work hard instead of complaining about myself. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you, it makes you, yeah, realize how important that piece of your physical body is. That voice is so, it's everything. Yeah. It is because even going to the grocery store, I wasn't sick. My throat was sick, but I wasn't sick. So going to the grocery store, you realize how much you have to talk because even at the cashier, when they say something to you and say you say nothing back, it's odd. It feels mm -hmm. very comfortable. It's like, you know, I'm not being uh, rude. I I just can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I know you live in Minnesota, and with everything that's going on now, is the is, is it different living there right now? And in, in these times, what? How does it feel? Oh. It feels Walking around outside. Yeah. Is it different? Well, I would know more if I weren't so quarantined because I have my parents are 89 and 90 and uh -huh. my parents have an autoimmune disease. So I have to be extra careful. So I get all my groceries from the parking lot and I don't do like, I don't go to the doctor for my own things. Any, you know, I just am waiting. Okay. Yeah. I haven't been in the midst of the energy at this point yet because of COVID-19. However, I'm highly sensitive. Um, I'm a little prophetic and it, it's, uh, I'm intuitive. I got it from my mother, my great aunt. I say things, I can see things, things happen. I dream them and then they happen or I can feel them or I'll just say, sing this song and the students will go, we haven't done that song in two years and I've been thinking about it all day. Why would you say that? Uh, yeah. We understand that. Yeah, um, that's our lives daily too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I was excited to meet you guys. So <laughs> with my dad's disease, I dreamed that he fell and that my brother contacted me and told me, and that was a nap one day. And then the next morning at like five or six in the morning, I got a, a text or a phone call saying my dad fell and he was face down on the 
living room floor. And I'm going, why would I say that? He's been sick for a year, like, you know, that sort of thing. So I can feel the energy of Minneapolis. I look at Facebook. I'm watching the news. I know all the places they're at very well. Mm-hmm. And I, quite honestly, you know, talking about that I'm strong. Well, I sang one night and I was great. And then the next day, I just couldn't move. I, I crawled up my stairs laid in the living room floor without a pillow or blanket and just sobbed until I fell asleep. Cause I'm, I'm really broken about what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel and like I you know- wrote a really, your post that you wrote was really beautiful and positive. Right. Um, the one you wrote a few days ago about what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a lot to say and I'm going to do a video of how I feel if I, if I can get the guts to do it about Kaepernick and Floyd and my perspective as a white woman and and how I view the American flag, how I view what has happened, what has always happened, how I feel about one nation under God and how I feel liberty and justice for all and how there weren't just white men fighting for our freedom, you know? Right. And this, uh, just the idea and the length and the suffering of suffocating to death for no reason. And Mm -hmm. if there's any reason, maybe a counterfeit $20 bill and maybe he was given it at a store he was just at and didn't even know. Right. But all of those details even if he was using it intentionally, I'm just as broken about it. Of course, because he was, he was already handcuffed and they were, they had him detained. There was no reason for it, but I do know, I don't know if this is any consolation. He came to me in a reading, um, like four days ago, (laughs) George, George. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't on purpose. This is kind of like how Prince just showed up in one of our readings the first time we met or second time. And it was, um, I just kept hearing George over and over again. And, and then some of the messages were about this and it's saying, I don't want this. I don't want this. It's when the riots started Hmm. and he just kept saying, I don't want this. Um, I want you to look at me like I, I chose this. My soul chose to play, to be this role in society, in my community, so that everybody could now have a voice. Wow. So it's not to feel sorry for him. He doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, he really wants people to thank him, <laughs> not because he wants the praise, but yeah. he just wants them to be grateful for the sacrifice that he made, kind of like Jesus Christ in a way, yeah. um, and that he uh, is okay, but he he wants people to use this for something positive not going and being violent, you know, all of that. He's not okay with that, of course. Right. But there's something, there's a higher purpose in this. And he, he, I think unconsciously knew that before it happened. Interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. Brings a sense of peace. Good. And, and, and I know that, I mean, it already helped me stop to not like, I'm trying to hold back the tears because I just don't want to cry right now. You know, mm-hmm. I've done 
that. And some days you just go, not today. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to love myself enough to feel it, but I do not want to release today. I'm going to see if I can put it into something that isn't not wasting time, but just feeling bad. And what you said, you go, yeah, okay. I believe you. And I believe that he was a change for good anyway. I think there are videotapes of him talking about that. Oh, really? I I think where he's videotaped saying, you know, enough is enough or something. This was like a few years ago. And you know, when he was calling out to his mother, I didn't watch the video. I heard that. Okay. Okay. He's calling for his mom. Okay. He found out like a couple days after that she's been dead for two years. Oh, wow. He was seeing her then. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That he was, you know, and, and she was coming to get him. Yeah. And he was going to be held by her again and he Mm. would feel safe and no pain again. But he, I, I don't think there are no good people who would use their anger to steal and loot and, and kill and hurt people, you know, taking advantage of the situation. Right. Yeah. yeah that's what it seems like. We, we took very seriously that we didn't want to be shields for the criminals to pretend it was about peaceful protests. So yeah. we made sure we were in our houses by eight o'clock so that they were out for everybody to see. No, these are not Minnesotans. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Well, Jaina, you, I think we have to have you back because I wish we had <laughs> another hour. Um, you are one of my favorite guests. Oh, um, just a beautiful energy. Yes, like, Love oh my God, like, just well, so grateful. Um, but we want to know, how do people find out about you? You did mention the, the sites for your shows. Um, how can they find out more? Like when we go to Minnesota, we want to come see your shows. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Meet you guys. Yeah, definitely. So can you give us, um, give the audience where to contact you or find out more about you? Yeah, sure. I have a website, Jana Anderson Music, J-A-N-A. It's easier to remember my name if you say it's Dana with a J because my parents made it up. Uh-huh. J-A-N-A-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N music.com. I am most interested, if there's anything selfish about me, it's that I had a dream this past year, or I should say a goal, of finishing three videos and learning how to use iMovie, and I did it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I finished my third video of songs that I recorded, two of which I co-wrote, and one is on my country CD called Never Say Never. I have a country CD, Never Say Never, on iTunes and CD Baby. And I have a Facebook page, Jaina Anderson, and then I have a music page, Jaina Anderson Music. And then, of course, um, I have, if you go to janaandersonmusic.com, my, my personal website, it has pages of me talking about Fleetwood Mac and Prince. I just redid yeah, it. Yeah, it was. I read it. It was fascinating. And we have a lot of Prince fans and Prince admirers that listen to our show. So they're going to love this episode. <laughs> well, those Prince fans should know that I have another, if they all, I'll post it on my Jana Anderson music, Facebook page. I have a Prince interview coming out, I believe tomorrow. So oh, nice. of my life as well. And, um, I guess I just want to, Oh, the schedule is on my Jana Anderson music page, but I just want to thank you. I, um, 
taking your energy, I guess, mirroring it. You have beautiful energy and kind faces and hearts and eyes, and I appreciate you. And we have to thank Brad Arneson. For- yes, thank you, Brad. Yeah. And Connecting also, us. you know, I, I know Prince brought us together, too. He brought you. Right. Us. So. I'm feeling him a lot this year, particularly. Yeah. I dreamed about Prince a, a few months ago before anyone contacted me, which is just it's not doesn't surprise me really knowing myself as I do, but but I did. I, I dreamed about him for the first time in all these years. Of course. Nice. The fact that two people have interviewed me and wanted to know about Prince because he didn't just pass away two months ago. That would have been more like it, you know. So yeah. and what's going on? I don't know. But <laughs> And anyways, thank you so much for being here and um, sending you so much light and blessings to your family and to all of Minneapolis and stay safe too. And yeah, you gained a couple new fans today. (laughs) As you have too, I'm I'm going to research you and listen to your podcast and feel free. We're friends now. And if I'm never interviewed by you again, you have my number. You can reach me for any reason, just because. Oh, likewise. Let's keep in touch for sure. Okay. Bye. Stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi. So I'm here with a new sponsor, and her name is Missy Fowler. Missy is an intuitive inner awareness guide and an emotion code practitioner. She is a previous guest from our podcast. And she's here today to share with us something very special that she has to offer to our audience. Hi, Missy. Hello, everyone. Eden and Kim, thank you for having me here. I am so grateful for this opportunity to be here and to be of service, however that might be. So today, I would just love to offer my time. During these times of uncertainty, we're all going through our own unique experiences. Lots of feelings and emotions are going through us inside us. Through conversation, we're able to connect and check in and see what they're all connected to. So today, what I'd love to do is just offer an exclusive free 15-minute session for all your loyal talk, purpose, and truth listeners. What this will entail is just having a conversation to go within to find the answers that you have within you, to get to the root of whatever it is that you are harboring inside, and just help you to release them. Wow, that sounds great. What an amazing offer. I hope all of our audience members will take advantage of this. Missy, tell us how can they find you? Okay, there's two ways you can find me. You can find me on Facebook at Missy, M-I-S-S-Y, Fowler, F as in Frank, O-W-L-E-R. In the abbreviation, my maiden name is Floria. That's how you'll know it's me. And then you can text or call me at 661-513-513. Four 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 zero. I'm so looking forward to chatting with you all. Thank you so much. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.